Hey, Media and Popcorn fam, you're about to listen to another episode for our Patriot Friday series where we invite a Patreon subscriber to the show and review a movie. This month, we have on Ollie Johnson to help us break down Ant-Man 3, Quantum Mania. Now, just a heads up, the audio on this one isn't the best, but do not hold that against our guest because not all of them have the professional podcast audio equipment like my baby Justin Brown and I do. Now, don't forget to support the show by subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash popcorn. We got $2, $5, $10, and $15 tiers, so budget bonus content for every budget. All right, now enjoy our review on Ant-Man 3. Medium Popcorn we are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Media popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it, well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pissed, it's all your fault. Uh. What is up, Little Biscuits and Sun-Dried Tomatoes? It's your boy, Eddie Collins. Guys, and this is Justin Brown. And we are meeting Popcorn, Niggas Pulling Movies. And today we have another Patriot guest, uh-huh. Mr. Ali. How you doing, sir? Super fan. I'm good. I'm good. What's up, y'all? How, how's everything? You know, we live in a dream out here, you know, one day at a time. If this is it, if this is fucking it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Is... Absolutely, man. You've been a longtime fan. Uh but yeah, living the dream. Just just said that silver resigned. Like he's like Paul Rudd of the set of Ant Man three. Like I guess I'm living the dream. Like, this is- I guess this is it. <laughs> and what'd you say, Ali? Oh no, Ant Man. Like you said, Paul Rudd. Is this it? Go ahead. Yeah, right. Oh, is yeah. this it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I asked at the end of this movie. I was like, is this what we were, what we were waiting for? Like what? Because I was told, based on all the advertisements, they're like, this is going to be the game changer for MCU. Yeah. All bets are off, y'all. Oh, shit, Jonathan Majors is back. And then literally, like, I feel like nothing changed from the beginning to the end. Nothing really changed except. Okay. Yeah, nothing. Nothing changed. I'm, I'm just going to jump into this and just say that this felt like a low-level Star Wars movie. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, because like if you if you put it like, you know, once um, uh, uh, what's her what's her damn name? Uh, well, hope. Uh, no, yeah. Once hope, you know, uh, jumps, uh, you know, no, no, not hope. Oh, my God. About Cassie, uh, the daughter. No, the mother, the mother. I'm sorry. God. <laughs> no, bro. This, this this movie is one of those. I'm just like, do I care? <laughs> well, Janet Van Dyne, who is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, like she's a. She's a big part of the story and clearly was getting dicked out by Jonathan Majors, right? Really? They were definitely <laughs> fucking during that time together. Well, so, well, apparently she was fucking uh, Bill Murray's character. Yeah, what she before she found King, though. That's the thing is she was hooking um, up with him. Then she found King. Remember, she rescues him at the beginning. Actually, no, no, no. Actually, I, I think that she was getting dicked down by uh, she was getting dicked down by King first and then everything uh, went awry. And then she became like a part of the resistance against King. Mm, but then she started, okay. she started catching that fucking, uh, that Murray dick. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, there was a lot of like old white celebrities in this movie where I'm like, why, why are they doing this? Like why this movie? You know what I mean? I felt the writing and this is why like a Rick and Morty TV writer, um, which I guess they like hire probably because of the multiverse experience, but mm-hmm. This was this is not a fun time. This, there is nothing interesting about this movie. All right. Uh, so hold on. Uh, let me just run back, run back really quick, because like when Michelle Pfeiffer, when she go gets back in there and they go to the bar and you got all the weird like alien looking uh, people and, and and things like that, it felt just like straight up fucking Star Wars. Like I felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie for most of this film, even just like with, you know, like just everything it just felt more star wars uh mm-hmm. than uh, a marvel film 
And then, you know, you just have Ant-Man in here and it just it was just it was just a black film. <laughs> it was just black. Yeah. Ali, what were your thoughts? Uh, it did really feel like Star Wars when they were talking to uh, Bill Murray's character. Um, that definitely felt like Star Wars, the whole, you know, ordering your dreams and the different languages. I did like the scenery, though. You know, uh, it was shot. I did like uh, how it looked visually. Um, yeah. You said it was subpar. I do agree. Um, I don't, there was a lot that happened, but then, like, nothing happened. Because yeah, Jonathan yeah. Major doesn't uh, pop up until almost, like, halfway into the movie. And I'm like, okay, like, when is King popping up? You know, and then I didn't get the power dynamic. There's a few things I didn't understand in the book. Yeah, for, for sure. Like, you really don't. So, like, especially like Brandon, what you said earlier, like, they built Kang up. It's like, oh, there's going to be, you know, change or whatever. And it's just like, where? He got Nothing his ass happened. whooped by fucking, um, you know, Ants. by Lang. No, he got, like, he just got beat up by Ants. Remember, they carry him away. And then he just had, it's so. I mean, like ants are of- fucking strong as fuck, though. <laughs> and then you oh, like yeah, they- you're you're also their size. Like that's like, like th- that's the- and there was millions of those motherfuckers. Yeah, but I hated that whole like you know um, Hank Pym is feeling like he senses the presence of the ants. Like they had Michael yeah, Douglas yeah. be like, "I like ants," and I'm just like, he's an Oscar winner. Like, why are they making him do this? He remember when he's driving the little spaceship and he puts his hands in that gel thing. I was like, bro, he won an Oscar for Wall Street. What? Like, they must be paying him all the money to pull this off because that's look, so bad. It looks like he put his hand. He put both of his hands in a fleshlight and his hands are being sucked <laughs> off as he's fucking flying. Like, that's how it was going. That's what it looked like. <laughs> it was I mean, like, you know, he's like, probably drugged up. Possibly. All I know is like those fucking things were just like fucking like there's probably it's probably one of those rotating ones that rotate and shit like that. He was fucking yeah. probably feeling good getting a nice little massage on his hands. I mean, I will say that. uh, Yeah, I feel like Michael Douglas, he had more energy than Paul Rudd at times. And so I feel like he definitely did like a bump of Coke every like between every take just to get that energy up to be like, all right, I'm Hank Pym fucking around with spaceships and, and ants. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's my career now. Um. I really had a problem with the the Cassie character. And it's also in UVS research, uh, the actress from Endgame who played Cassie found out she was replaced by um, old girl from um, uh, the, the movie with Vince Vaughn, the horror film, uh, Freaky. Yeah. She found out that she was replaced through social media, bro. That sucks. And this is the performance we got from that young actress, which was not good. Um, she, has, uh, she has perpetual poo face. And her character was incredibly annoying. Mm, yeah. You know, when the, the whole catalyst for them getting into quantum realm is because she fucked around and found out the, she was like, I found a way to get into the quantum realm. It's like out of all the stories that grandma, uh, uh, Violet or Hope or whatever, Janet's name. Yeah, Janet, Grandma Janet, which is crazy that the daughter's calling Hank and, and Janet, Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. Because I'm like, wait, what did the when? And man, the wife no married. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I was, just, I was just frustrated by that. My biggest issue is that the trailer hyped up a movie that we ultimately did not get. There's a compelling story in that trailer where King is like, you lost so much time with your daughter to, you know, to um, Paul Rudd because of what happened in game, right? He lost like five mm-hmm. years, right? Yeah. So he's like, I can give you that time back. That's an emotional hook that for me, after watching several Ant-Mans and seeing Endgame, I'm like, okay, I can fuck with that because that's what we've been talking about a lot since the blip. We're like, where's the real story of dealing with the trauma of missing five years yeah. out of someone's life? You know, apparently they were going to do that with uh, Black Panther 2, but, you know, they presented it for here and I'm like, okay, cool. What's this going to be? And then nothing, nothing comes with it. Yeah, it, it was it was just a line. That's it. Even the oh, you're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? Yeah, Nothing after on. that. Because he because he literally got taken off the screen by a bunch of ants and then lost in a fist fight to fucking Paul Rudd. <laughs> like what? Exactly. As far as the power goes, when they were in the cells, he's you know using his fingers to lift them up and turn them, do all that. He's freezing Janet with his fingers, and then when there's a the battle at the end of the movie 
I'm just like, why didn't he use any of this? Why didn't he freeze them? Why didn't he... I just well, didn't understand his power. Well, but even when... so, if you think about that, is like, oh, so he's just Darth Vader. It's, it's just <laughs> it's just Star Wars. It's nothing but mm-hmm. Star Wars. And now Ayuvia put in the chat that this is actually the first film that Paul Rudd uh, di- was not didn't have a writing credit on. So basically, it just sounds to me like they just went away from, uh, it, it, you know, the script uh, for the first two. Because the first one was fun. The second one was uh, uh, was great. And then this one, uh, it, it just feels flat. No, for me, these have just gotten worse. I thought the second one was very blase. I didn't I didn't I thought it was very like light stakes that didn't really have an impact on the MCU. Um, this one just like was nonsensical, like the, the quantum realm. So essentially you're telling me that there's a bunch of humanoid type beings in the quantum realm that also like gather together in an army inspired by Cassie uh, Lang. When she had the hologram speech, I was like, this is so lame. Yeah. Who again, approved this? Kevin Feige, where are you? No, again, <laughs> Star Wars. That whole thing was Star Wars, bro. This is nothing but a Star Wars film. This is a shitty Star Wars film. That's what it is. I mean, but what worse graphics, though? That's the thing, too. Like, Ali, I know you say that you thought it looked good. I saw this in IMAX. I thought it looked terrible at times. I thought the CGI was really, really rough in parts. Um, and Modoc, I hated that. Like, I hated the... I thought it was cool bringing the Corey Stahl back. But, like, you know, the whole thing with Cast, like... It's never too late to not be a dick. And I was just like, what? Is this a kid's movie? What is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was kind of weird. That was, the whole Mordak thing was was kind of out of control. It didn't look good either. The CGI just was not good. Well, I mean, but then again, at the same time, how do you make someone's face stretched across? Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like a, a stretched out face. How do you make that uh, kind of look good? I mean, it's like, and it's also like that character really didn't pay off because, you know, that character yeah. from the comics, like I remember that character from the comics and like he was at least a bit of a problem, but, you know, he spent this entire movie chasing a little girl around. It's just like, oh, bro, yeah. like, dude, like the, the person that you have issue with is fucking Scott Lang. He's literally right there. Why are you fucking with his daughter? Go after him. Yeah. Also, how come uh, Janet didn't just tell everybody about Kang in the first place? Like, it, it, like she kept a secret throughout half the movie. And it's kind of like, why? You're the one who holds all the knowledge to help us successfully navigate this situation. And you won't tell us just because we're going to find out that you fought the Negro. Is that the whole thing? Because that's ultimately she's telling all these white people like, hey, I knew this guy and she's trying not to keep like she's trying to keep out the biggest factor. I was expecting her to be like, I had, you know, I had relations. No, I had entanglements with King and we might have had some entanglement spawn in the quantum realm. I I was expecting to be some mulatto babies in the quantum realm. I I, that's how you get all the kings because they had all those babies. King Dynasty because he fucking. I would have so, fucked Michelle Pfeiffer. Come on, she looked good. Me? She looked good. She always looks good. Yeah, she looked. She looked good. Great. Even when movie. they tried to make her not look good, she was in that Valentine. Was it New Year's Eve? What movie was it? Was that she was supposed to be with Zac Efron? They give us New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, I think that was New Year's Eve. I think that was New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. Even when they tried to make her look frumpy and stupid, I was like, she's still hot. I think she's still hot. Yeah, she's a, she's a very uh, attractive woman. I think she looks better than Evangeli. Uh, what's her name? Lily, who plays um, her daughter, Hope, because that pixie outfit, that pixie hair do she had. I know it's supposed to be homage to the actual comic book character, but that was not a uh, great. Yeah, well, listen, you can't you can't have it all. You can't have it all. It's true. I mean, but we can't even as viewers have Ant-Man and the Wasp in the movie together throughout the movie. Like they separate them immediately in the quantum realm. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Like Hope didn't really have anything to do in this movie except save Scott at the end, which was definitely like a reshoot. It felt like they actually maybe had the balls to kill Scott at one point or at least trap him again in the quantum realm. And then they just pop back in and be like, we saved you. Oh, Kang's back. Let's beat him up real quick and defeat him and then we're out again. Yeah. I I feel like this is just going to be a thing uh, this year. Movies that just lose their balls right at the end. 
I mean, th- this is literally the second film that lost is fucking nuts. Like, right, right. You're just like, here we go. And there's like, nope. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this is not a great look for the MCU right now. I feel like it's, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be too far removed from the overall King arc that they're building up. I think mm. that's its own thing. It's like its own closing chapter in those characters, right? Mm. And so what's the next one that we have connected to this would be Loki season two, maybe that's coming out within the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that would be the next. And, but, well, and, I, and that's a yeah. direct, direct uh, connection. But like, you know, if you're watching Ant-Man three is like, how much does it you know, entice you to want to watch Loki now? I mean, I think for me, the post credit scenes were the only exciting things about it because all those different iterations of King, including Rama Tut, which is um, the Egyptian version of King. And that's rumored to be the main villain in um, what's Oscar Isaac shit, Moon Knight, the main yeah. villain in season two from Moon Knight. So that could be interesting. But the same problem is if we keep seeing Jonathan Majors get defeated as King, then what's the point of it's I get it. You can never do another Thanos, right? Where you have this really impending like threat and you don't know how bad, like how badass he is. But we keep seeing King get defeated by like our heroes and I'm like our A-list heroes, but like C-list and below. How are we as an audience supposed to really fear this dude? Besides so, him being black. <laughs> so uh, Ali, uh, you know, question for you here. So what do you think... Um, what do you think uh, they could have done for that last fight instead of, uh, you know, just Ant-Man just getting plucked out of there and Kang or also Kang just getting sucked into the second quantum realm? Like, I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah, that I was unclear. Like, like what, what, what do you think a better outcome for that moment was like, you know, whether it be, you know, Scott actually getting killed or, you know, you know like, what do you think is about was a better outcome for that? Your opinion. All the scenarios that you just mentioned, I think he should have just got out at this point. You know, it probably done better. You know, see see what he had would have done if he got out. Um, as far as being sucked into like another quantum realm, that's confusing. That whole part, I'm like, so did they defeat him or what? Like, it's gonna have all these uh, other versions of him trying to get out or something. Um, as far as I don't know, man, they could have just killed Ant Man or just let him out. So this like so like a, a part of me looks at like that scene and I like I'm kind of like maybe they you know if they just you know escaped and then Kang is still there but they realize they didn't really defeat him like yeah the ant the ants drew, drew him away but like he's still there and he's still good I think that could have been fine for me and I've been like oh yeah they got you know yeah. they they got away from him but he's still there. And he's now he's fucking pissed. I feel that like that's made, a better e- ending. Yeah, yeah, that would have made the tag when Paul Rudd's like doing the like, you know, it's like the mirror of the opening when he's doing the inner monologue and stuff like, yeah, everything's great. I'm Scott Lang. I wrote a book at the end. He's like, everything's great again. Wait, is King dead? Like, should I be worried? That would make a lot more sense if we didn't see King like literally get sucked up into whatever the fuck else is next in, in the realms, you know, because this is. King said he was banished to the quantum realm by the other Kings because he was so dangerous. Yeah. Right. So you're telling me Ant-Man out of all the characters in this fucking uh, catalog right now is the one that took him out with, with hope just happening like that to help him out a little bit. Like, I was like, come on, man. Like they had a, a woman that was going in apparitions that beat the shit out of them in the last movie. All she could do was go through walls and she was beating the dog shit out of them. Jonathan Majors stomped Ant-Man's face harder than Thanos punched Iron Man's mask, broke the mask. And he's like, he shouldn't be able to live. He had. I was just frustrated. I, I also think like they didn't really set up Kang to for us to understand why he's dangerous and where his powers come from. Because we know nothing. Yeah. We literally know nothing about Kang. How is this motherfucker doing fucking force chokes and shit like that? Like, well, how, how, how was that happening? We know nothing about the quantum realm and its capabilities and the technology because apparently, the, you know, they allude that the rings from Shang-Chi are from the quantum realm now. Yeah. And so, but I'm like, but who's creating this 
realm like who owns this shit you know what i mean it's so confusing bro and so it's like if there's a bigger being above all this then we need to be introduced to that sooner than later at this point yeah but i really worry about kane dynasty because the same screenwriter that did this is also doing kane dynasty jeff loveness He's doing King Dynasty. And between that and having the director from Shang-Chi, who I think did a great job with that movie, I am really worried about, I don't know how many Avengers they're going to try to bring into that King Dynasty movie, but if this is how they just handle these characters, I can't imagine putting Shang-Chi and Spider-Man and, uh, you know, the folks from Wakanda and shit like that and making it, it make sense. I, I I really like uh, you being in the chat says blade question mark. I'm like, I hope I keep Mahershala as far away from this dog shit right now as possible. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it seems Mahershala has his own issues going on right now. So, like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, Marvel is going through a rough transition period. They just got uh, rid of one of the executives that's been around since the beginning of the films. uh, And she was really about diversity and inclusion. But apparently she was also behind the VX teams. So it's kind of like. But Ali, where would you like to see? Where would you like to see the MCU like course correct on this? Like, obviously, we haven't gotten your final thoughts, but you know, where would you like to see the next film movies take you to get you hyped for a Kang Dynasty? Um, well, like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't really pertain to the whole Kang um situation. What's the movie? Any movies after that? What movie comes out after that one? Besides after Guardians. I think uh, it's not. I think uh, it's, uh, oh, the Marvels, the Marvels. Yeah, Marvel, yeah, that's the Captain, one. the Captain Marvel yeah, sequel. I'll just have to see. I didn't really like uh, the first uh, Captain Marvel movie too much, yep. and so you know, I'll just see how that goes. Deadpool three, yeah, um, yeah, Deadpool three is going to be pretty interesting. I definitely expect that to probably be a good movie. You know. Um, Ryan Reynolds, they bring back Hugh Jackman. So, yeah, we can expect some surprises in that. Uh, I'm just going along for the ride. You know, what? the last movie came out, uh, what, November sometime last year? So Yeah, that was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's been some time. So I think this was a decent introduction into Phase 5 as far as Jonathan Majors. You know, I think he did good. Um, the movie was long. Um, I'm still confused about a lot of parts that you mentioned, but especially oh, yeah. the time because they were down mm. there for a while. Oh, and then yeah. it's just like, I'm like, so he went back to the coffee shop and I'm like, all right, don't, was there a time jump? What happened? It just seemed like they went right that, back to normal. Wow. That's a really good point. Cause they were there. Like we obviously have no concept of time in the quantum realm. Like we don't know what's morning, what's night, what's day. But yeah, they were down there. Like, even if they were down to, let's say, in real time for the two hours that we spent with them, Scott Lang was in the quantum realm, what, for for five hours? And that ended up being five years. So in theory, to your point, Ali, wow, like, it should have been two years later. Correct. Holy shit. Yeah, that continuity doesn't make any sense. Like, what's going on? I didn't like the ending too much when he's walking down, like you said. Um they redid the monologue or whatever i'm just like uh, i didn't like it was just like whatever but i did like you know shout out jonathan majors you know because i do like it you know he's coming up man you know he got this gig with uh mcu so we can only expect you know great things you know this might not have been the best version but i expect him to come back you know what i mean this version i expect to come back somehow i don't think he's dead okay somehow some way we're going to see him maybe in Kang dynasty come back and try to take over you know what i mean um, i was thinking that too like they could bring this iteration of came back in like a more vicious way like like justin said like he has an axe to grind like yeah pretty much against the, the van dykes though and scott it wouldn't really be against the other avengers but if he has in fact killed other avengers in different timelines then it would be cool to see this iteration go fucking balls to the wall and actually kill motherfuckers because in this i was expecting at least like Hank to get killed or die. I'm like, no one died. Thank you. Well, no, like, um, uh, I'm sorry. Why am I forgetting? Uh, what you call it? Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character's name. Hope. 
Wait, oh, Janet, 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 Janet. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I thought that Janet was going to get killed. I mean, she literally just entered the cast. Is like the last one in, first one out. But like, it, it, it makes it makes total sense to me that she would be the one that dies. Mm. You can't kill Michelle Pfeiffer though. No, they. I rather I rather Hope die than Janet right now because well, Janet yeah. has more. Janet has more important information. Janet lived in the quantum realm, and so if. And spent years with Kang. So if there's anyone you want to have the knowledge from, that's probably why they kept her hush hush. Because like we gotta keep Michelle on for at least two more movies. Well, but but that's that's why she dies. You take the person out who knows who knows the most, and now they're in some shit. And there's and, and yeah. there's not somebody that's gonna be able to save them or give them the context that they need. You know what I'm saying? So I, like I so like again balls. They need to have balls enough. To pull these things, you know, to, to just like, all right, this person's this person's gone. And it's like, yeah, but she knows I was like, mm. of course, yeah, she's she's dead. It's like now you don't have that to fall back on. You don't have the fucking scientist who's going to save the day. You got to figure some shit out. And you got this you got this dude in Kang who is now pissed off in the quantum realm and he's trying to find his way out. Yeah, yeah, I, I just I'm. I was very surprised by how much of a mess this was. I didn't have any expectations really when I went to go see this. And um, I actually saw it as a press screening and um, shout out to the four all nerds crew. Uh, DJ Ben Hamid was actually on the train with Tati and I going back to Brooklyn after this movie. And we both just stared at each other. And we were like, that wasn't good. Like what happened? Cause it had all the ingredients of an interesting story. Yeah. But when when you give us what you gave us and then don't even give us the stuff that worked in the last Ant-Man movies, like no Michael Pena. I get that T.I. is is in trouble, but they brought that the, the voice of uh, David uh, Dutchman, who was one of that one of the members of that crew. He did the voice of the jelly dude who like helped during the final battle, yeah. or whatever the fuck. Um, but I'm like, they brought him back, but you couldn't bring Michael Pena even to do a recap of everything we just fucking saw at the end for Scott's birthday. Like, that could have been funny. Like, do something. Like, it's just so frustrating that they introduced such a cool character that does a really fun way of storytelling and recapping it for the audience. And then, like, they better bring him back for, like, King Dynasty to catch everyone up on what the fuck happened. Like, Wait, what do you mean T.I. is in trouble? <laughs> remember ti had all that like uh legal issues and that's why um i i think he was an ant-man the wasp but that's why like he wasn't coming back for ant-man 3 him and tiny got accused of like doing something with children or something wait ti think... was an ant-man too yeah he's part of that crew of michael pena oh yeah that's right but yeah just mark that nigga out nobody wants to see ti anyways he's trash he's a trash human being who cares just get rid of ti like Mike, well, you don't I have mean, to scrap Michael Pena. I mean, but yeah, we don't know why Michael Pena wasn't in this film. He could be working on something else, and he doesn't have the time. You know, those things kind of happen in the business. But you know, it can't be because of Ti. Or they were like, "There's no Spanish people in the quantum realm." <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking uh, man. Like the quantum realm is like racist to south of the border and shit for some reason. Um, shout out to William Jackson Harper, by the way. He played that mind reader dude. Uh, yeah. He was in a good place. Fantastic actor, but uh, also wasted in this movie. Like, I felt every th- all the things with the characters in the quantum realm that Scott and Cassie met. I was like, this isn't going to lead to anything. Like, we're not going to get enough time with these characters. So it's kind of like, why do I care? Just so we can see them at that final battle, rush and, and fight against King's army, which is, why does Jenna have to keep this a secret if literally everyone in the quantum realm was like, yeah, King pretty much took over since you left. Yeah. What are we doing? Don't know. This, this is, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about this film. <laughs> I mean, was this he, like, is this a family movie or is this just. I had no idea what the tone they were going for. You guys are family men. You, you both have children. Like, did this feel like a movie you could bring your kids to? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Go ahead, Ali. I don't think my daughter would care for this movie. You know, um, I don't know. I think it's maybe for teenagers and older, you know, uh, diehard yeah. MCU. And, you know, I mean, like you said, it's been what the last movie came out five months before 
something like that. So everyone was just waiting to, you know, be something. Mm. So I, I, I think um, if you're kind of giving it, you know, well, because they went uh, completely Star Wars with this, but it is not like it was it was really promoted that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think this was aimed at families because also there are a lot of jokes and things like that that you're just not going to get. And the whole the whole quantum realm speak and things like that, it's going to go over kids' heads. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, like, I really don't know who this film is for. But, like, I do know, like, like the film's uh, second weekend, it dropped off 69%, and for good reason. Yeah. You it's know? the first time, yeah, it's the first time in a long time, and I, I get that a lot of people, um, and I felt this a little bit, too, with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, with the Julie Louise Dreyfus storyline. You're like, okay, this is clearly setting up Thunderbolts and other shit, right? Mm. But this is the first movie where it felt like a placeholder in the MCU. Like, it's just simply to get a, a taste of how badass Jonathan Majors will be as King, but it didn't move the needle either way, because at the end of the day, Scott ends up exactly where he started. There's no real growth in Scott. There's no real growth that I saw in Cassie either. It's just Cassie knows, hey, maybe I shouldn't fuck around with things I don't understand. But even then, she's still confident that she like can, you know, use the technology to for the better good. Like it, there's no growth at all in any of these characters. So I'm like, at the end of the day, why do a threequel for a character if it's not going to progress them and grow them? They're like the one thing I did appreciate about God and uh, Love and Thunder with the Thor movie is that it gave Thor some growth. It gave a Thor family now, right? So yep. even though I hated that movie, at least there's, it ends with him different than where he started. Whereas this one, I'm like, what did Scott learn? He literally was like, things are good again. Oh, are they? I don't know. Back to comedy. I'm going to have a birthday party. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Even Paul Rudd couldn't save this movie, and he's charming as fuck. And he looks great too. He's like fifty something, right? Uh, somewhere around that. Does he does he drink like dragon blood instead of fucking vitamin water? Like, because he looks he looks a, better than he did in the nineties when he did Clueless, but not old enough where like he's like gray and weathered like a Michael Douglas, obviously. Well, he's fifty three. Jesus, he's fifty three years old. And I also didn't realize he was from Passaic, New Jersey. Wow. Okay. Hey, success can come out of all the states, apparently. There you yeah, go. Yeah, apparently. Apparently so. <laughs> Even New Jersey. Yeah. Now, you be so in the Paul chat. Rudd knows full well about the strip clubs out there in Passaic on Main Street. Yeah. Now, here's what? the thing. You be in, ch- <laughs> in the chat wrote down, uh, Doctor Strange movie gave us the multiverse. Um, and that's another issue I'm having right now with the MCU and its storytelling. There's fucking different directions like there's different rules to all the multiverses that we've seen so far spider-man no way home established a different like different rules in multiverse didn't dr strange kind of mix that up even further and and now we have ant-man and king talking about my multiverses it's it's getting very muddy and for the average moviegoer if we can't even keep up with this and we pretty we watch these movies pretty closely, I don't understand how the average moviegoer at this point is like, yeah, I'm still going to invest in this multiverse saga. I think it's getting too convoluted. So by the time we get the Secret Wars, which is supposed to be like blow the fucking roof off of Endgame, I think it's going to be so messy that people are going to know which way is up. So uh, for, for the people who don't know, Brandon, uh, can you explain like the, the different rules to the multiverse, you know, set up by Spider-Man, um, Doctor Strange and everything like that? Yeah, so Doctor, I mean, so Spider-Man essentially alludes that there's an ability to pull things from different multiverses, and then you can send them back changed, but not changed enough where it'll drastically change that multiverse. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'm think about it, like if Amazing Spider-Man and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man characters, those villains are turned good, and then they go back to their their universe as good versions of themselves before they died. I imagine that has a huge butterfly effect on those multiverses. And that's well, different. I mean, they have also, to die regardless. Yeah, but then 
they do, but maybe not under like the villainous circumstances that they initially did. So then I, that changes a lot of things that would have happened before or after, right? Same thing with, uh, and Yuvia pointed out, Loki too talks about multiverse. So in that, it implies that the decision of one person in one multiverse could have ramifications across the entire spectrum, which is why when female Loki stabs uh, he who shall not be named, he's like, if you kill me, all bets are off in regards to protecting the multiverses. Mm. right it's like all these different rules that are constantly like contradicting itself each other so either they needed to have one person architecting the whole fucking mcu multiverse which is what i thought they had done with endgame i thought endgame was a way for like you know when they had to go to different timelines they Mm -hmm. were starting to like kind of figure out all right if multiverse is next how does that work within the rules that we're establishing here and then dr strange like I said, again, like this is just like they're floating through different multiverses, but there's no dire consequences for any of them. Like, it, it was just really frustrating. It, the only way that that could have worked for me in this in being content in like in keeping continuity is that they looped it in with what if that amazing Doctor Strange episode where he essentially is going to all the timelines to to find the one that has a um, Rachel McAdams's character still yeah. alive. Yeah. I thought that that's what we were leading up to. I thought that was going to be the big bad of that movie. I'm like, oh, it's just another Doctor Strange that we have yet to meet yeah. versus the one that we were told, hey, watch What If Show. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, UBM mentioned in the chat, maybe they could have used America Power. That was the young woman from Doctor Strange. Multiple, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, who was that supposed to be. Yeah. But she was supposed to be that for Spider-Man, apparently, before they they replaced it with Dr. Strange. So there's, I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, even talking about this, I'm getting exhausted. It's not fun. What'd you say, There should have been a lot of incursions already. <laughs> like, with, yeah, uh, yeah, for real. For real, yes. Yeah. yeah that should have caused an incursion. Dr. Strange um, going to 818 or whatever, that should have been an incursion, caused an incursion. Between mm-hmm. our two universe, their two universes. So, uh, and then in this, I think it's just aspects of the multiverse. Like this is like a grand scale. Like, oh, we're trying to control the multiverse. As far as like what Doctor Strange and Spider Man end up doing are more like interacting with it. You know what I mean? On a smaller scale. Yeah. So, you know, they're setting up the spells, and they're, you know, like you said, they changed the the villain, and that could set up a whole alternate timeline for that universe now a a whole nother branch because like you said so many ramifications of them being alive you know especially uh they're all scientists and all all of them have Mm -hmm. their own technology exactly exactly everyone's a scientist in mcu and or you know he who shall not be named or whatever they're trying to control everything hovering over the uh, multiverses and like you said, it gets convoluted when you have all these interactions when, you know, incursions should have technically already happened. There should have been time jump and Ant-Man 3. Um, yeah, it's it's messy right now. They haven't really been hitting with these uh, past few movies yeah. uh, besides Black Panther, but yeah, we man. have to wait you know what's... to find out what's going on. Yeah, and you know, like going, kind of going to reiterate Justice's point about this movie not having any balls. Like when they're in the quantum realm, and Scott has the multiple like uh, Scott Langs that are like you know it's different. Like they're in Ant Man uniforms. One of them is in like the Baskin Robbins uniform he worked in. I thought it would have been a great twist, but again, MCU they don't have the balls to do this. A great twist would have been that the MCU Scott Lang is still in that pile of clones and that a different Scott Lang is now taking place of Ant-Man. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that that would have been interesting and it had like some interesting consequences down the road. But to your point, Ali, I think this is where they really fucked up by not having, and I get Kevin F.I., he's like kind of the, he's the conductor of this whole thing, right? But I think they fucked up with not having an architect or a consistent writer for all these multiverse stories because think about it if you go back to loki right with the he show who shall not be named so there's a theory that when he jonathan majors has the like whoa moment like there's like a moment where he's like wait i don't know what's going to happen from now on that that syncs up perfectly with wandavision where she um changes the timelines to try to find her kids right and so between that spider-man 
and Doctor Strange, which all take place in the same universe. The multiverse should be so broken and fucked up at this point, like just from this one universe, right? And mm. so I think for me, that's where like I'm like, nothing, nothing matters. At the I end of the, like, with um, the Doctor Strange, no, the Spider-Man movie, when um, the universes were colliding, when all of them were trying to get in, and yep. the crackle that synced up too, or something like that. So you know, I, I don't deep dive like that, but you know, <laughs> like you said, it's gonna get really convoluted if you have to do all that just to make sense of what's going on. I think yeah, they're trying yeah. to have their cake and eat it too, and it's just not. I think. Uh, UBS said, I'm just waiting for X-Men. I think that that's the end game. No pun intended. I think yeah. if Kevin Feige is smart, they're going to use the Secret Wars to reset everything and just start from scratch, like where you do you focus on X-Men maybe for five years, just X-Men. Because there's enough characters where they could just have an MCU focus on X-Men. Yep. And Fantastic Four. You just do those two properties for a long time, and then you slowly start bringing back Spider-Man, like Miles Morales, and then other characters you have access to but not they really. gotta wrap so, some of this shit up no so this is what's gonna happen they're gonna reset it with the x-men and then the big setup is gonna be the x-men versus um uh, the avengers so that's that's what they're they're working towards because if they're not working towards the x-men versus the avengers what are they working towards because also x-men versus the avengers is go also going to set up a marvel civil war which is again pretty much X X Men versus uh, the Avengers, you know, going with like the uh, mutant registration and everything like mm. that. So then now we're going to get more into the era of like you know this is like a political uh, uh, kind of thing, uh, you know, and there's the two factions, and you know, obviously the Avengers choose you know, you know, the government side, and the X Men are against it. So the X Men are going to be more of like, right. um, you know, like a uh, a gorilla a gorilla group or something like that but we've already seen something like that though we've already seen that in civil war kind of yeah but you haven't but you haven't seen it of uh formidable uh adversaries because the civil war is just like yeah, yeah tony and and cap they weren't getting along but we're talking about two people who survive in the same world neither of them are villains but they're being but they're completely torn apart due to the fact that there is this big thing that someone's doing that which is going to affect one side and what the other mm -hmm. side is not necessarily uh viewing them uh you know is 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 not looking at well basically it's just like is almost like a race war if you want to look at it that way mm -hmm. but like that's essentially what it's going to come down it's it is it is similar but it's different but civil war uh, you know, basically, you know, that was basically like, oh, yeah, superheroes have to be registered. They kind of stole the whole mutant registration thing and just used it for, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for superheroes. But, you know, the mutant registration, it goes a lot deeper. And, you know, it's more about like human rights uh, uh, type of thing, as opposed to just being is like, OK, well, you're, you know, you you got you got powers so you you know you should be held to a, a, a different standard i just have a big plot hole in the mcu from civil war tony was all about the registration right yeah so how the fuck was spider-man's identity still secret what's that if spider-man was on tony stark's team wouldn't tony be like hey peter you gotta you gotta reveal yourself, bro. Stop hiding behind your outfit. Like no, he, you remember no, because you remember uh Tony went uh Tony went it well it it, it wasn't necessarily it feels at that a little point. contradictory, you know. No, no, no. So um Tony felt so the superheroes they wanted them to be a part of like the government and their sanction of under the government and everything like that. It wasn't necessarily about uh registration in the same way that like mutant registration mm -hmm. is. So it no, wasn't yeah. about revealing your identity. But Tony, because he revealed his identity, he, you know, he was, you know, kind of, you know, at the forefront of being held accountable for anything that he does or, you know, or anything that goes wrong as far as the law or just public opinion. You know, what sucks is I read um, for Secret Wars that they're setting it up for Tom Holland's Peter Parker to be the central figure that kind of brings it all together. Mm. But that's that's a bit frustrating because it sounds like they're trying to do their own Spider-Verse in a way, like a live action Spider-Verse versus 
you could easily do this with Miss Marvel to go to the your plot, Justin, with the conflict between the X-Men and the Avengers. Use uh, Kamala Khan. Kamala yeah. Khan. Use her character. She's young enough where she feels torn between because she they reveal that she's essentially a mutant in the series. Yeah. So she could be in, in between. And she's like, you know, the central plot point, uh, central thing that takes it between both worlds. But they're going to do the the commercial thing, go with Spider-Man. But it's just I don't know, man. This is the first time where I'm like after God, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder and now this and even like the way they shoehorn that uh, Thunderbolts subplotted to Wakanda forever. I'm kind of like, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know how excited I am after Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, and, and you know, there's the talk uh, about how Marvel is going to kind of pull back from doing like, you know, the three peats and things like that. Yep. And, you know, so like for good reason. Yeah. Things things are changing. Things are changing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it wasn't so obvious that they're clearly building up for young Avengers with like Thor's daughter and stuff like that. Like it would be, I think. I would be a little bit more excited, but some so much of the stuff seems so forced now, and so like on the nose, it it's kind of diluting any element of surprise. That's why when things like Miss Marvel are actually fun and like different, you're like, oh shit, that was like a cool, that was a cool thing. Yeah. Like I don't know like how Ironheart's gonna be. I I hope it's good. I think that young actress she's very promising. The one who played Riri Richards, but um, you know, I'm looking to see what they do at Fantastic Four. And the, the casting, we're going to hear about that. Because um, that director, like, he's okay. Like, he did, like, some cool episodes of WandaVision. But, like, they really got to start. They got to start hitting all, all cylinders. I'm talking effects, story, uh, character development. I think they need to pull back from the snarky shit. Like, from trying to be funny all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that that's also been a detriment to them. Like, everyone has to be a fucking uh, commentator and, like, be snarky like Tony Stark. And it's like, not every character needs to do that. Yeah. Well, but then that also kind of pulls away from those characters who do have that, uh, you know, in them. So it's mm. like if everybody's doing it, then when does it stop? Is this like is this a comedy or is this or, or is this uh a, you know a superhero movie with uh, actual grand stakes to it, uh, which can be you know dramatic, you know, which should yeah. be uh kind of taken dramatic, and then you know now everybody's sitting there fucking you know. Uh, snapping at each other like they're the fucking ninja turtles yeah i think that's the problem looking forward to (laughs) yeah that looks awesome (laughs) that looks that looks great ali like based on like um the upcoming mcu uh docket you know what what movie coming up does excite you about the mcu you know we talked a little bit about where would you like to see the mcu go but regards to the movies and shows that are currently announced what excites you the most i've been waiting for blade since you know, okay. since it got delayed for the past what two years, two three years, so uh, I think I'm waiting for that really to see what they do with Mahershala Ali. Maybe they bring Wesley Snipes in as a cameo, you know, or an older uh, Whistler. That would be cool. So that's the one that most intrigues me as a movie. Yeah. I know it doesn't pertain to the multiverse aspect, but as far as that goes, I like you know Loki. I like Loki. So, you know, season two, I'll definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm waiting for mostly the TV shows, you know, X-Men 97, see what they do with that. See how that runs into the whole mutant versus, you know, Avengers kind of scheme. Uh, pretty much it. You know, I'm, like you said, I'm just waiting. You know, I'm not really, you know, die hard for anything right now. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, there's there's too many like Easter eggs and things you have to dig into right now to kind of get an idea of where they might be going. Like in UBS research, you know, there's the Council of Kings uh, post credit scene. And one of them is uh, one of them has elements, a costume that has elements of the Scarlet Centurion, um, which is possibly the first Nathaniel Richards, which would be Reed Richards, father from Fantastic Four. So this dude might have some black ancestry. You know, like uh, I know that Kevin Feige said they want to cast people of color primarily for the roles of uh, the Fantastic Four. But like, I feel like at this point, you need to know too much about the comic books to be excited about what's possibly coming around the corner. I think there's yeah. just too much going on. I think there's and also I can tell that the actors are kind of getting tired, too, man. Like, 
I feel like Paul Rudd read the script and was like, yeah, this doesn't really, he had more growth in Endgame when he came back from the quantum realm and saw the world fucked up and he saw his daughter five years older. He had more growth in that like six minute sequence than this entire fucking movie. Yeah. Like he had a lot to work with in Endgame. And then this is the follow-up movie he got. Like if I were, if I were Paul Rudd, I'd be like, I might be done guys. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's enough money for me to keep going to this. If there's no creative um, juices that I'm, I'm that are flowing out of me for this. No one seemed excited to be in this. You know, and just looking at the docket here, like we got two, two years to get to uh Kang dynasty. And if that's the case, well, you got two years to get the King Dynasty, and then a year after that, you know, uh, is where we get Secret Wars. It's just like, at that point, Paul Rudd's 55. Is he jumping in that suit again? I mean, as long as he doesn't have to do a shirtless scene, I think he might. I mean, I mean, but regardless, it's like, you know, at what point do you just like, okay. I mean, that's two years out. Mm-hmm. It's like, and the, what, he's probably going to have to pop up in another in another film you know, somewhere down this docket, you know, to kind of keep him fresh and keep him at the, you know, you know, keep him in your mind, hearts and minds. You know, it's like, you know, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, what would have been really cool is if Scott was stuck in the quantum realm again and then he doesn't come back out until K Dynasty. Yeah. And then he's like, the, he's again, like he's the catalyst for them figuring out a way to like resolve whatever shit the King ends up blowing up in the next one. Like, I thought that that would be a fun common thread through these, like, Avengers movies with Ant-Man. Because Paul Rudd's charming enough where he could do that job. I don't think there's anyone right now in the MCU who could pull that off and be recognizable to audiences and be like, oh, that's the guy. It's separate, I guess, Spider-Man, right? Um, Well, you know what? I think people don't know who he is now. But... Even even if uh, Paul Rudd and Janet got stuck there or so or, or Hank Pym, like they got stuck there or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, even if you gave him somebody else to get stuck there and then, you know, Michael Douglas could die off screen. He could die in the, you know, in there. He probably will. No, no. <laughs> because but, no, of but, real life situations. He's yes, old as fuck. Yes, and he no. ate all that pussy. He got throat cancer. He ain't doing well. The Catherine Zeta pussy juice. Has poisoned his throat. Okay, okay, Brand. But what I'm saying, that, she should put that but, shit in a bottle. She probably could sell it for a decent dime. I buy a bottle. So all I'm saying is, he gets stuck. He gets stuck in the in the quantum realm. Uh, him and Hank, right? Hank, he that's that's where he learns a lot from Hank, and he becomes more of mm. a superhero, right? Hank dying in there would give him purpose. And would then mm, give yeah. him growth. So for him to come out during, um, you know, as the Kang Dynasty, you know, that he resurfaces there, he gets to resurface as a different Scott Lang and a Scott Lang that we can actually uh, respect and see formidable. And to the point where if he then uh, dies and that's his swan song, like you, you feel more from it because Scott Lang's mm. been through a bunch of shit. Because, I mean, yeah. when he went into the quantum realm and came and came out, you know, the snap happened and stuff like that because of the time jump and everything like. Like for him, it didn't seem like five years, correct? Yeah, no, he said hours. it seemed like uh, five hours. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, like none of that, none of that really. Uh, it, it, uh, not, not, he didn't really learn anything with going into the quantum realm. He sat there for a bit and he came right back out. So you need to give him enough to where he's in there for he's in there for whatever time and there's shit going on. And then like now he has a whole, you know, a gang of people in there who kind of, who kind of can explain all of this stuff to him and things going and why Kang is so bad. So now he's working to get the fuck out of there because he knows there's an imminent threat to the world that's actually outside right now. Or there's again, more of them. Again, given everything that the Lang, uh, like that Scott Lang and uh, 
Janet and Hank have been through with regards to quantum realm, why the fuck would they help Cassie develop a device that can get them into the quantum realm? Why would she send the signal into the quantum realm? What was she like, doing there? If you know your dad was stuck there for five years, why would you even play around with something like that? Yeah. See, white women always destroying universes. <laughs> they, they either bring out dinosaurs, they bring back Candyman, or they do some shit like this. Like, they have to be stopped. <laughs> Shout out to I all the white women. Subscribe to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, b- gentlemen, before we get to our Patreon, I mean, to our personal ratings of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, which again, Quantum Mania, I have, that's, I don't know why they had the tag. Uh, we got some Patriot thoughts. And remember, folks, if you sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash media popcorn, you're guaranteed to have your thoughts and reviews read on a future episode. So first we had Sean T who wrote more like Ant Mid. Mm. Mm, not Ant Man, <laughs> Ant Mid. Mm. Gotcha. That's what we do over <laughs> Patreon. We be zinging motherfuckers. Uh, Darren Damn. Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Patterson wrote, King was a fantastic villain that deserved to be in a better movie. I kind of agree. I actually liked He Who Should Not Be Named or whatever better than this iteration of King. I thought that he was like way more fucking weird and like he who unpredictable. He, he Who, who Remains. remains. <laughs> am I, he should am not I doing Voldemort? <laughs> am I doing Voldemort right now? <laughs> you Harry Potter nigga. <laughs> I, I mean, I think Baltimore would have been a better, better villain for this shit. It would have. All right. Anyways, and then CJ Jones wrote, Kane was that nigga, but the rest of this movie, other than Bill Murray being hilarious, this movie was ass. Couldn't really connect to any of the characters. I agree. I didn't even connect with Bill Murray's character because we still don't fully know what he did to Kiki Palmer instead of that movie that got canceled. Mm, you're right. You're right. That's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, I get Bill Murray is like a comedy god to, you know, a lot of us. I consider him one of the greats. But at the same time, I'm not going to excuse that he might be a shitty, shitty person. Yeah. I mean, we've heard stories of other actors working with him and shit. There's a reason why him and Harold Ramis had beef until the, the man died. Yeah. And they never did a, did a Ghostbusters together. Like, Well, I mean, that's also because Harold Ramis died. Uh, so, yeah, true. But that's why you got to, like, make amends before, you know, someone can go. It's important to do that. Look at Dana Carver and Mike Myers. They squashed their beef, I think. They I didn't even know they had a beef. Oh, yeah. That Wayne's World shit. We should do Wayne's World to get into the trivia of that. There's like a huge fight between them about like who's who should be attributed. That's success should be attributed to huge fight between the two of them. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Ali, uh, we're going to break down our rating system. and Then you're going to give us your, your thoughts on Ant-Man Quantum Mania. So just to break down our rate system, baby. Stop calling me baby. So, guys, we rate movies, bags of popcorn, small, medium, large, and the XL for the exceptional. If a film doesn't deserve any popcorn, we throw it into the dog shit pile. We pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it. So we sat down and watched Ant-Man and, and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, 2023 uh, movie starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, uh, Catherine Newton, uh, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Bill Murray uh, in there. Uh, Ali, you watched it. You on this podcast. What say you, sir? It sounds like, you know what? I'm going to give it a small. I'm going to be generous, man. I know it's probably going to be dog shit. I'm going to give it a small. I like Jonathan Majors. You know, that's my boy. Um, it gave us, you know, 10 minutes of information in two and a half hours, though, honestly. You know, the bits where Janet and Gretchen <laughs> yeah, was saying. That's really fair. You know, and then the end credit scene and post credit scenes. You know, that's about it. That really, that's the only thing we really needed from this movie. So I'm going to give it a small, though. Okay. Brandon? Yeah, I'm also going to give this a small, too. The post credit scene, I just thought about all the memes that were happening with Jonathan Majors. They called this nigga Frederick Douglass. (laughs) 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 But again, Loki, they're time jumping. So anyways, uh, but yeah, this gets a small. I thought that um, for a movie that was hyped to have so many stakes in regards to the MCU, it had literally none. Like we learned, again, no one really grew. We didn't learn much about any of the other characters because Janet was so secretive, even though everyone in the quantum realm knew King's story and how Janet helped him rebuild his ship and stuff. It's it just very frustrating. To keep that secret. 
What's that? What, what? He was telling about everyone died to keep that secret up until they got in, on that ship and was like, yo, can you just tell us? Like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> you know, up until that point, she was willing to just, yo, keep your head low, you know, just follow me. But she was ready to just let them die. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing with her arc is like, if she she was so secretive, and everyone knew her shit, that it's like it's surprising that Bill Murray didn't just tell the whole family like, hey, this is you know not only were me and your mom fucking, but also she she fought the Kang and Kang's this big bad dude who's also black and he's trying to take like take over the multiverse. It's like I thought the secret. He sounds like he's Asian, but he's not. <laughs> I thought the big plus was gonna be she had a bunch of king babies because I'm like oh that could be interesting like you know what I mean because then she's like hesitant to kill the dynasty that might threaten the whole multiverse you know mm. what I mean but you know the, like you said Justin they don't have no balls and they don't have nothing inside those balls which would be sperm to create the king dynasty uh, Justin what's your rating I fucking hate you so much um so I'm going to say this. If if it were based off of the movie that this was hyped up to be, this is a bunch of positive dog shit. But going off of the movie that we saw, I'm going to give it a small. And I'm only going to give it a small because I know that I know that this this is supposed. Well, I guess I'm hoping that this is supposed to lead other places. And this is one of those stepping stone films. But is this a disappointment? Yes. What were there some uh, cool uh, things that you get you got to see in this Star Wars movie? I'm sorry, uh, Ant Man, uh, Quantumania film. Yes, uh, uh, there were. But was it enough to make this a coherent story that actually took uh, took this uh, the mainline story that we're following here and progressing it to a next level where you're just like, oh, okay, uh, wh- what is this going to do for this? No. And so with that, like, I just don't know what's going. So I feel like this is one of those movies where people are going to go back to if you're like, oh, OK, so this is why this makes sense. It, you know what I'm saying? But a standalone uh, film is 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 OK, but it's not it, like I don't think it was terrible, but like it's not great. And it's just teetering, you know, at the OK level. You said a lot of words, but this movie had a lot of scenes, bro. I, I this, was, this was two hours. <laughs> this was two hours. <laughs> and <that's, laughs> he just like Ali laughed too because I'm like, Justin just say words, but ultimately he just said it's just okay. Like you just, yeah. <laughs> you kept saying okay multiple times, but you kept adding. No, no but that's the thing is like it's it, like tired, it's bro. not terrible, you, you but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, but it's like not good. It's, it's, it's just okay. <laughs> And that's why I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you like I, my grandfather talked to me, where I'd be like, you know, it's either gonna be really good or really bad. He's like, that's everything. <laughs> like, what are you talking? <laughs> All right, folks, but it's not right, but it's okay. Ali, please tell the listeners uh, any information you want to share with them. Uh, I don't know if you want to keep your socials private or anything like that, but you know, if they want to uh, hit you up. Now, don't follow me though. What I do want to say is thank y'all. Appreciate y'all. You know. The podcast is amazing. Y'all put out a lot of content. And to That's the enough. supporters, the listeners, yo, subscribe. Patreon, man. Check out their content. Get the merch, man. They've been growing ever since I started listening to them. Every year they level up, man. So just think about that and just help them do, do what they're trying to do. All right? Thank y'all. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Folks, you know you can follow me at American Collins and all the social media platforms, AmericanCollins.com for show dates. I got some cool things coming up. And then uh, you can follow the show at Medium P Podcast and all social media platforms. Be sure to go to YouTube.com slash Medium Popcorn, push that subscribe button so you get alerted about all future videos as well as celebrity interviews that pop up on there. And Justin, if people want to follow you as well as uh, support the show financially, what can they do, my brother? Well, you can take yourself over to your socials and you can just type in J Brown did it. And that's where you can follow me. But if you're looking for a little something extra, a little something special under your Christmas tree, not that this is coming out around Christmas, but you need to take yourself on down to patreon.com slash medium popcorn. We have $2, $5, $10 and $15 packages uh, on there. If you love this show, you don't even love this show yet. You're just like, but there's so much and I need more. You need to go to Patreon because we have so much content on there. 
that's the place to be. Yes, Justin's so tired. Justin's so tired. He just tired. He's, he's like, you want something on your Christmas tree? Like, you can't physically manifest Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, right. But seriously, this, folks, go to Patreon.com. It's not a tangible Christmas tree, Brandon. This is a figurative Christmas tree. Oh, it was God. a present. Just it's like, all gifts, baby. The all right. Gift Just like Violent Night. Violent Night. Oh, folks, definitely sign up for Patreon and then go to the $15 tier. Sign up for that. Listen to our Violent Night uh, review. It's one of the craziest <laughs> reviews and movies we've ever seen in oh, this yeah. entire history of the show. Uh, so again, patreon.com slash media popcorn. Ali, thank you so much again for being a long time supporter you, of media popcorn, as well as for joining us for this episode, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Loving the twist, the twists. Absolutely. Yeah. And folks, <laughs> in the words of Cassie yeah. Lang in one of the worst uh, convincing monologues of all time, it's never too late to not be a dick. Peace. Yes. Peace. <laughs> Medium popcorn. We are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Medium popcorn. You haven't seen it, well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pissed, it's all your fun.